News. The Trivia Music Show. Of your favorite pop stars. What's going on, everybody? We're back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And if you're new to the program, we scour the internet and find less known facts about some of the legends, big names, mega stars, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And after the show, let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these huge icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got my bro Yoon Chi with me in the studio. What's going on, man? Hey, everybody. It's your acquaintance, Yoon Chi, here. <laughs> acquaintance, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not friend. Okay, right, all right. So who you got for us today? I'm really excited to introduce my first Chinese rapper today. What? Well, if, yeah, the reason for me to pick him as the first Chinese rapper because he is really unique because most other Chinese rappers, they just follow suit, the American rappers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's where the hip-hop culture was born. Right, right. right. So this yeah. guy's got a different swag. Huh? Yeah, so he's introducing a lot of Chinese chivalrous rogue warriors into his <laughs> really? lyrics. And that works. Yes. So he considered his music as something more like you know, trap music. Trap. Trap music? You don't know trap? That's a genre of rap music. Trap. You mean trip hop? It's called trap. What, what the? <laughs> <laughs> it's called trap. It's a specific know. type of flow. Duh, really? duh, 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 that wow. kind of flow. Okay. Well, maybe you can educate me on this trap stuff. Never but, heard of that, but it sounds intriguing. Like you're going yeah, to trap, you, you, you're you, gonna you, trap you, people into this genre, yeah, right? <laughs> So what's your guy, TJ? Oh, man. Today I got a huge, huge icon in the world of music. I mean, this guy is pretty much the epitome of a specific genre. So, And you're not going to mention what genre it is? Absolutely not. Can't do that right now. But I'm sure by the time I'm halfway through this... Most people will know he's actually probably the pioneer of pop stars in the U.S. of A. So I think that this is the, kind of the first one. So cool. Very special guy. Really, um, really special to me. And so I'm excited to put you guys up on this artist. But before we get started, of course, I got to throw out my disclaimer here. All the info that we find for the show are Internet based. So they could be erroneous. They could be outdated. So bear with us on these quote unquote facts. All right. If there's any inaccuracies, please read out to us and we'd love to hear from you so now that that's out of the way you ready to get this going let's get to it all right so fact number one and this is according to ofact.com and the little things this artist was born in New Jersey to immigrant parents. I'm not going to say which immigrants they are. His father was a bantamweight boxer called Marty. Man, that's that sounds okay. that sounds pretty intense. If your dad is a boxer, you better not get smart with him. Otherwise, that name sounds rather friendly for a boxer. <laughs> Marty? Marty. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like a neighbor. Sounds like you could lose some teeth if you uh, don't speak the right way around him. And his mother was called Dolly, who's considered a controversial figure by some. Uh, she was a midwife by trade, and she was nicknamed Hatpin Dolly. And I had to look up why she was given this title, and it's very important to know the historical context, because in the 1920s, it was actually quite a very dangerous time for women to be um, outdoors, especially at night. And a lot of times they were attacked, they were uh, assaulted sexually, and as a result of that, some of these women would have um, unwanted pregnancies. And so Dolly, being a midwife, would help with some of the deliveries and also abortions if needed. 
Mm. And so when they were out in the streets, they wore hats and they had these for self defense, right? That what they would wrap their hair in, and it it was like pretty much a long dagger. And they would be harassed, or someone would try to assault them, which happened a lot during that time. They would pull out their hairpins and they would self defense. They would shake somebody, you know. Right. So and I guess if you look at it from this perspective, it, it would make sense why perhaps his mother was arrested a little bit because of I mean if she's called Hat Pin Dolly. That means she probably stabbed a few people. But I think the line for illegal abortion can be really ambiguous. Depends depends on w- which state you're in in the, in the U.S. of A. Right? <laughs> well, I think because might, in, probably in one state she might be conducting, she might be delivering abortions, but in some other states、mm. she might be a freedom fighter. Well, I think yeah, it really depends not just statewide, but just how you look at history. I think sometimes things are worded a certain way, and according to this source, she may be a villain, but to others, she may be actually be helping helping a lot of people. Right. So right? New Jersey was rather conservative. State by that time, probably. I think the states in general was pretty conservative.、Uh, but anyway, moving right along with this fact here, his birth was quite traumatic as he was born at 13.5 pounds, and I think that's around 6.1 kilograms. Is that、so、considered was, underweight? No, that's overweight.、Oh, that's, that's, that's overweight. Big, that's a big baby. Okay, because you <laughs> so, said traumatic. So I was, yeah, th- yeah. I was picturing an unhealthy baby. Well, give me a minute. Okay.、Right? So, and since the delivery was difficult because it was such a big baby, the doctor. Used forceps to remove him from the womb, and this caused massive scarring to his face, his neck. Ouch! Actually, ruptured his eardrum, and that actually these scars actually stayed with him for life. And at first, when he was delivered, he was blue and he wasn't breathing. So the doctor immediately thought that he had wasn't going to be able to save the baby. So he started attending to the mother. But I guess the grandmother was in the room the, at the delivery, and she poured some cold water on the baby, and I guess smacked it on the back, and then the baby. Started crying, so that was the grandmother actually saved this、uh, musician from actually passing away. That experience、birth. is indeed worthy of the name traumatic. <laughs> yeah, but in China we say. have a saying that like if you have escaped death from such a catastrophe,、mm. then you're gonna have a lot of good fortune. In the future,、uh, right? Okay, all right, interesting, and I think that that holds true for this、uh, artist. Those forceps left scars across his face, as I mentioned, and in addition to having cystic acne when he grew up, this artist was referred to as Scarface. From his cruel peers, so he was bullied a little bit for his、uh, Scarface. Yeah, that nickname doesn't sound too harsh for me. Some kids might even like it. <laughs>、uh, well, you don't have any scars on your face. I think if you have an insecurity, it probably wouldn't yeah, feel very good.、Like、yeah. So we're gonna move on to fact number two, and this is according to thelittlethings.com.、Um, this artist was arrested for being too amorous, which I thought was really interesting. At one time, he was working as a Singing waiter at a roadhouse bar called the Rustic Cabin, and it was there that he ran into some trouble with the law after he indulged in relations with a woman who turned out to be married. He he was first charged with seduction because at that time in America this was a crime, <laughs> which claimed he wooed her under the promise of marriage. So he was promising that he was going to marry her. 
No, I, I, he, I think he was, uh, well, he was a singer at this uh, bar. And so maybe he used they're his musical su- ability to seduce this lady. Okay. And so so wh- the staff, they're not supposed to woo customers, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a uh, an employment situation. I just mm. think that uh, if, if someone was married and something was going on at this time in the U.S., it was a crime. Uh, his bail was set at $1,500. But when the authorities discovered that the woman had a husband, the charge was lowered to adultery. And this was also a charge at this time. Mm. And the amount was lowered to $500 before being dropped entirely. So $1,500 to $500. Yes. Once they found out the woman was married. Right. Interesting. Doesn't sound logical to me. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But... Let's keep, let's keep going here. So today, it's quite common that we see a lot of teen idols. I mean, we, we talk about a lot of them on the show, or at least idols in general. Uh, but this was kind of something that this artist started back in the 1940s. So he was one of the first singers in America to have such wow. a large following, and most of them were teenagers. And to induce the first known instance of the so-called teenage culture. So he was kind of someone who was, uh, I guess, the king of teenagers during this time frame. Sounds and like it. His performance were followed by large crowds of screaming teenage girls. And I thought this was kind of interesting because his publicist would pay girls that could scream the loudest. He would audition them. Like, he would have them come and he would say, okay, I'll, you know, scream as loud as you can. And the ones that could scream the loudest, he would pay them $5 to go to his concert and scream. So that's true. Because I've been hearing rumors that some uh, musicians or celebrities, they would pay uh, for the fans to, to fake their excitement <laughs> fake their in excitement. their concert and the meetups and there are sure. different levels of payment it depends on how well you can scream mm. and cry or even faint oh, so the people man. who can fake a faint they might get the best dollars interesting so that's that's a true story sure sure I wouldn't say it's that way for everyone but for particular stars especially at the beginning of their career maybe they need this hype to kind of get them on the scene a little bit makes but, sense um, so, in addition to this hype that this artist was getting, he attracted a lot of attention, namely from the FBI. So they started, they kept a file on him for a number of reasons. For attracting teenage girls? Not only a teenage girls, but he was just getting a lot of uh, attention. A lot of the young people were following him. Mm. So whenever you have a large following, okay. of course, people are going to be watching you like, okay, what's right, this Because you about? have the influence. Right, right. But he was also investigated because of suspicion that he paid doctors 40 grand to declare him unfit to serve in the army armed forces or armed, in the armed service. So, so back then, it was compulsory in the States to serve the uh, the, the army. Uh, if there is a draft, right? And during this time frame, there were wars. Okay. And uh, if they say your number comes up and it's like you need to go serve and you come up with some reason why you can't do it. Mm. If it's legitimate, then you're good. But if not, then they're going yeah, fi- so, to find a so way. So it's not compulsory, but it's like special times. Right, right. And in addition to all this, the FBI kept a close eye on him because of his alleged ties to the mafia. The Bureau followed him for five decades and had a 2,000 document file on this singer. And uh, this artist denied any wrongdoing for his entire life, but this, his image never changed. So I, I assume people would scare of him because <laughs> they assume that he has like pretty serious connections. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that would be a, a valid assumption. Uh, let's go on to fact number three. This is according to OFact.com. This artist and JFK, John F. Kennedy, one of the presidents, mm. were friends for years. Right. And this artist even helped with Kennedy's presidential campaign. And he did a song for him for his campaign song. So during this time, since he was, you know, pretty notable artist, 
he would sing a song, and the song was called High Hopes. And that High Hopes. High Hopes. I don't think it's the same group, but there is a very recent musical group called Panic at the Disco. Oh yeah. Brandon Yuri. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Right. They had the same song. I'm sure it didn't sound like that. It's under. It's under. Yeah, but because this singer you're talking about sounds pretty far back. Oh yes. I don't yes. think it's Panic at Disco. No, yeah. but then they possibly were inspired by this. Yeah,、uh, because it, I think it's the exact same word. Because this guy inspired a lot of people. But anyway, again, due to his connections to the mafia. The relationship with JFK ended up having a falling out. And earlier, you mentioned how he's probably somebody that you would probably be afraid of. Well, according to this source, so I should be right. <laughs> he has a famous personality, and he was notorious for having a bad temper. He once threw a glass pitcher、mm. at his drummer, who was named Buddy Rich. So I guess he must have messed up on the drums, and he threw a glass pitcher at him. He punched a reporter. He threw ketchup at a restaurant waiter, which is really, really interesting. If you factor in the、mm. kind of music that he sings and everything, it doesn't seem like this would be something he would do. But I might have an idea because I know one American star that's famous for punching people. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right.、Let's、There might be plenty, but I happen to just know one. <laughs> All right, let's move on a little bit more. His son was kidnapped in 1963, and the kidnappers demanded only to call them using payphones, and the ransom was like two hundred and forty thousand dollars. That sounds a lot for that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And though his son was rescued in the end, he got in the habit of carrying a roll of dimes in his pocket because that's the, what he needed to yeah to, to, to pay for the payphone. Payphone, right, right. So, and he ended up taking his pocket. Pocket coins to the grave. So when he was buried, they buried him with、uh, pocket coins so he can make calls or whatever. Talk about PTSD. That's, <laughs> that's according to the BBC. And、uh, in the film The Godfather, this artist inspired a character in the movie, and it led to many people again believing that he was linked to the mafia. And that's according to Daily Mail newspaper. And we're gonna move on to fact number four. Despite his confidence when he was performing, he secretly battled intense inner demons and even made attempts on his own life. And that was at least three times. And this artist referred to himself as the 18 carat manic depressant. He was married four times, and、uh, first to his high school sweetheart, and they had three children together. And then he, then he married an actress, and they had a really, really rough and volatile relationship. But it's a tragic pattern that a lot of artistic people they usually end up having mental issues. Being famous has its、uh, it's a double edged sword, right? Right. It's but nice to have the exposure and of course the fame and the money, but on the other side, you're just you're really exposed. But I keep thinking about when he was born, he had his eardrum pierced、Rupture. by the doctor, ruptured by the doctor. Yeah. So that's he's like、uh, Beethoven. So he's not able to hear very well, but he's still accomplished. Well, Beethoven in music. couldn't hear at all, but this guy still has one ear that works. So, <laughs> so just one eardrum. I don't know if that、pierced. qualifies. <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. I get where you're yeah, going with that. Disadvantage in music. <laughs> But still accomplished. Right, right.、Uh, his next wife—that was a short relationship—and they actually maintained their friendship throughout the rest of his life. But she later married a guy named Woody Allen.、I'm、not sure if you know who that is, but that name famous. rings a bell. But that's it. Just rings ringing a bell. A bell. <laughs> okay, well, this person, Woody Allen, ended up having an affair with their adopted daughter,、uh, Sunyi. I think her name was. Sounds like a Chinese name to me.、Uh, I think she was Korean. But、uh, yeah, that was a really controversial time in. 
this artist was reportedly upset and threatened to have this artist's legs broken for what he did. So yeah, that was that was just how he felt. He expressed that. And um, another big clue for a lot of listeners out there: this artist was part of a world-renowned troupe called the Summit, but most people know them as the Rat Pack. Okay, and these guys and some of the members, big names: Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Joey Bishop, and Peter Lawford. They lit Las Vegas on fire with their performances. <laughs> Was that a metaphoric saying, or they literally <laughs> lit the camp on fire? Of course, man. It's something. It's an expression that these okay. guys were. They were the hottest attraction. <laughs> you were talking about how bad tempered they are, I know, right? Like he's like breaking, threatening right. to break people's legs, and right. you know, throwing glass pictures no they didn't actually burn the place down in vegas they, so it's just a metaphor yes they were just really hot glad Some to of the clear hot... that out <laughs> for sure and yeah their acts weren't only done in the u.s they traveled around the world and they performed for world leaders so really big name and we're going to move on to fact number five and this is according to mental floss all right this artist he hated his biggest hit and this sounds like it's a pretty common with these stars they don't like some of their most popular tracks maybe it's because they hear it all the time or maybe they didn't write the lyrics i'm not sure what why that is but he hated the song and i'm gonna give a big clue here because this was one of his big songs my way okay yet it was covered by over 60 artists and another interesting thing about this song is people were killed trying to sing it and there was a report that in the philippines people like to do a lot of uh, karaoke and singing and it's it's you know it's really popular there and some of these i guess this song was sung on a number of occasions and for some reason while the people were singing or attempting the song there would be some kind of altercation and people were killed it was like like about half a dozen people died trying to sing this song and i don't know they call it the my way killings i don't know why this is uh why that particular song is is it possible that people love his thing so much i don't and know they get pissed when they hear another person doing a not so good or cover maybe they just didn't hit the note right and then just angered some people and then someone pulls out a possible. knife or a gun or whatever but yeah really interesting there and as i mentioned before this artist took a pack of cigarettes a lighter a bottle of bourbon and a roll of 10 dimes to his grave when he passed and another big quote here his grave has engravings titled the best is yet to come which coincidentally was the last song that he sang in the public so those are all the facts that i have for you about this icon of an artist and with everything that i've said yun chi <laughs> I think it's well, pretty obvious. Is it pretty obvious? Yeah, because okay. I don't right. know about you, but I've heard many different versions of the song, My Way. Okay. And I happen to know who sent it and also the person who likes punching people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So lay it on us, man. Who would you say But before I reveal is? the name, which is your favorite song from this musician? He's got one. He's got a couple. I get a kick out of you. That one's really nice. And he's also got another one. Um, Come Fly With Me is probably one of his most popular, but uh, I get a kick out of you. That's probably one of my favorites. I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah. My favorite song from this singer happens to be the spelling of the word love, L-O-V-E. I'm not sure if I... How does it go again? So it's something like L... Is for the way uh, you look yeah, at yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> o is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E 
is even more than anyone that I adore. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it sounds like you definitely know who this artist is. I definitely is. know who this person so, is. They have actually used this song for the show, uh, Why Women Kill. Yeah, it's pretty recent mm. in the past few years. Okay, so, okay. So stop stalling, man. Who is yeah, it? I'm going to go with Frank Sinatra. All right, all right. Well, let's hear what the judges have to say about that. Right on, my man. Sounds like you got it this time. Yes. Frank Sinatra was an American singer, musician, actor, and filmmaker. His singing career was 60 years long, and more than 250 million records of his have been sold worldwide. Extremely regarded as one of the best and most admired popular singers in the history of the United States. He's also well known by the nickname Old Blue Eyes. The New York Times said he was the first modern pop star, and at first he was mostly known as a crooner or a singer of love songs, but by the 1950s and 60s, he was singing swing and jazz songs as well. And today I got a few personal favorites from this very special artist that I would like to share. First on the menu we have I Got the World on a String and My Way followed by Come Fly With Me. Check it out. I've got the world on a string Sitting on a rainbow Got the string around my finger What a world, what a life I'm in love I got a song that I sing I can make the rain go Anytime I move my finger Lucky me, can't you see I'm in love Life is a beautiful thing As long as I hold the string I'd be a silly so-and-so If I should ever let it go I got the world on a string Sitting on a rainbow Got the string around my finger What a world, what a life I'm in love Life is a beautiful thing As long as I hold the string I'd be a silly so-and-so If I should ever let it go I got the world on a string Sitting on a rainbow Got the string around my finger What a world Final curtain My friend I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived A life that's full 
I traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do, saw it through without. Exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Yes, there were times. I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it. My fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that, and may I say. Not in a shy way. Oh no, oh no, not me. I did it my way. For what is a man? What has he got if not himself? Then he has not to say. Some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. 
Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just fly starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you. Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day. Just say the words, and we'll beat the birds down to Acapulco Bay. It's perfect for a flying honeymoon, they say. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just glide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so near, you may hear angels cheer. Cause we're together Weather-wise It's such a lovely day You just say the words And we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect For a flying honeymoon They say Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Let's fly away Love Frank Sinatra's music, his style, and he will always have a permanent place in the world of jazz and, well, pop music. Lots of love and kisses from Yunchi. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Yunchi, who you got for us today, man? Right, let me just remind you. My very first rapper from China. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in his music, he incorporates a lot of stories and poems from ancient China mm-hmm. about the spirit of the rogue warriors, the, the chivalrous martial artists. Sounds like a huge contrast from the last guy we talked about. I mean, you know, mob affiliation, you know, a bit dangerous. And in the world of hip hop, sometimes you have this element as well. But it, you say it sounds like this guy's more into literature. Unfortunately, that's the stereotype for 
for the hip hop world, right? Right, right. The connections in, but for this musician, he was indeed hustling in the hoods, hustling in the hoods. Right, oh China. man, and he was once a lost soul, but rose from the ground and become something today. That sounds very poetic. Did he write that line? No, it's、uh, <laughs> Yun Chi copyrighted. Okay, all right, all right. Rose from the ashes. Okay, right. But before we start with his story, I think we need to distinguish the gangs. <laughs> In China and in the USA, <laughs> because we have to admit that hip hop culture come from the states, right? And、mm. in the American raps, you hear a lot about the gangs,、uh, in the, gun fights, in, drugs, and stuff. In the nineties, yes, when hip hop exploded. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> stereotype. Yeah, yeah be- stereotype. Before it was,、yeah. it was cleaner in the origin stage. Yeah. Yeah. So this person, he was involved with the local gangs. Okay. In in the Chinese city, but if you when you talk about the gangs in China, it's very different from the ones in the states. Right, right. As you can imagine, right? Because we don't have guns. Chinese gangsters don't have guns. Guns are like、Universal? synonymous with gangsters. I mean, it just seems like these guys got. I mean, somebody's got to have guns、yeah. somewhere. So. The gangs in China—they're much, probably a lot more light-hearted. So you can light, probably take、light. the gangs in China as a group of scarier bullies. Okay. In a in a way. All right. Okay. But so without further ado, let's start with this musician story. Fact number one, and this is according to a blogger called Eight Ton. Eight Ton, huh? <laughs> <laughs> This is from a blogger. Okay, should be should be interesting. This rapper, he's had two aliases as a rapper. Okay, and the first one is not it's not a name. It's not an alias that a lot of people know about. And for this period, he was known for his bowl cut, and he got a name from that from that hairstyle. Okay, right. So <laughs> I think there are many good-looking hairstyles for men, but bowl cut is not one of them. Is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> guess he wasn't trying to look good. He was just trying to make a statement. I guess. Yeah, or look special. Mm. Right, and when he was a student, he was transferred once to a different school in junior high. And if you have watched enough did, American, did he transfer because he was bullied because of his haircut or what? It's some、uh, family relocation、mm. situation. All right, all right, right. And if you have watched enough American dramas, <laughs> you would know what would happen to a transfer student. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So they're he, gonna see that haircut and they're gonna point and laugh. Yeah, especially with their haircut. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one that bully him, possibly. <laughs> Hear that, guys? You and Chiza. Bully for bowl cut. <laughs> so after the transfer, this musician got beat up by、mm. some bullies. Yeah, and and he went to the teacher. The teacher said that he had to put up with it for now. <laughs> he said, "Ah,、eh, just deal with it. Right, be I, a man." I think that's normally what causes a lot of these guys to get involved in gangs because a lot right, of times it's, it's protection. Exactly, because p- different people might have different different reaction.、Mm. Myself, I might run to my parents and cry, but but for this one, <laughs> for this rapper, he chose a different path.、Uh-huh. Yeah, like many others, he started hanging out with、uh, gangs. Yeah. Just maybe at the start, out of self protection. Yeah. And later he was sent to reformatory at the age sixteen. Reformatory, I, we've talked about this before. Yeah,、uh, this is it's kind of like juvie、yeah. in the United States. It's, it's the like place a, where they send the bad kids. Like a lighthearted prison for、um, uh, offensed minors.、Mm, I'm not sure if I'd call it lighthearted, but yeah, kind of like a prison for for kids. Yeah, reeducation. Right, right. <laughs> reeducation. Right. And so when this musician became officially a rapper, he wrote a gangster rap 
based on his rich experience hustling the hoods. And when it's there was a fun story when they were shooting the music video for this rap, they couldn't find real gangsters because there, I doubt if there are real gangsters in China. <laughs> so instead, they found a group of street dancers、uh-huh. because they got tattoos anyway, so they、yeah. look like they, they, they look the part. Okay. Right, but this might be a surprise to you because today this rapper has risen above that. Just in the beginning of the year 2022, this rapper he actually collaborated with China's police department in releasing a song、What? called Daybreak. Wow! And in that song, he was singing about the sacrifices and contributions made by the police.、Oh、wow! My goodness, yeah. I, some people would praise that as、uh, wow, that's that's a big move, that's a big step. And some people might be like, wow, you sold out, man, really to the cops. Yeah, and I think it's really understandable that some people. Think violence or being a gang is cool,、mm. but after you have grown out from that period, you would find it quite juvenile. Hmm. Sure, I think there's some elements of it that is very juvenile, and you have to rise above it in order for you know for you to move on in life and、right. obviously influence. If you have children, if you're still a thug, you're gonna yeah you know you're going to teach that sometimes directly or indirectly to your kids. Yeah. So you you know there is this element of moving on from that. But with that being said, sometimes if you are a part of this lifestyle and you grew up in this environment, I mean you, you can take somebody out of the hood, but you can't sometimes take the hood. Out of the person, you know, that's、mm. going to be a part of them for,、right. in a lot of cases, a lifetime. So I think that that's kind of interesting that this guy did a duet with the police. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, I think that the cops in China are probably much different than the cops in the U.S. Because I mean, yeah, you do have、I'd、good cops.、So. You got good good cops. Okay, I, I'm not I'm not bagging on all cops. But then you also do have a lot of them who crooked you know, cops frame yeah frame <laughs> these guys and are just as bad as some of these gangsters. They just they just have Uh, you know they're sponsored by the state, so yeah, they, they can be thugs and get paid for it. That's right. Now let's move on to next fact, and this is according to himself in an interview. Before he became an underground rapper, he was a nightclub MC in a small town. Nice. <laughs> and he said one of the rules working there is flattery to the customers. To flatter the flattery customers. customers.、Oh、and by flattery, I mean you have to drink with them, you have to laugh at their jokes.、Mm. Yeah, that's what I call flattery. Tell them that they look fly, and you got to make them feel like a big shot. So that yeah, make them feel like a big man, so that they can come back and they can feel like. Right. Yeah, this is my this is my place. This is But, my. But yeah, yeah、uh, for someone that has quite a hot temper, <laughs> every time he feels disrespected, <laughs> he would fight that person, stab him. Huh? <laughs> not that, not that he's, much. He's a gangster.、So. Yeah, yeah. So this rapper, because he often got into fights with customers, he was constantly <laughs> fired from between clubs to clubs. And after years of experience, he learned a trick of showing his music range one bit. By one bit, and every time the owner was about to fire someone, he would surprise them by showing some more new skills and tricks.、Mm, okay, so he needed to come up with something so that he would he can, can maintain his income. And, and I think that worked not only in the nightclubs. It also works for a career, for a relationship. You shouldn't try too hard at the beginning because that will set people's expectations too high, and then you have to try even harder in the following days. Well, just trying to come up with something that won't get you fired. I mean, I think for a period of time it might work, but eventually, I mean, if you're a rotten employee, they're gonna find, they're gonna process you out, you know. So I don't know. It's, it worked for him. That's pretty cool. But I think in the long run, in, in a regular employment environment, that probably wouldn't work. 
work. I think he just kind of lucked out. So you shouldn't punch people, right? Definitely shouldn't punch people. No, that's not cool, right? <laughs> Now let's move on to the next fact, and this is according to Youth.cn. In 2019, he actually held his concert, his world concert tours in four cities in the states:、mm. Boston, New York City, San Jose, and L.A. San Jose. <laughs> I think it's really intimidating for a rapper to host a rap music tour in the country where hip hop music originated. Sure,、from. sure. That's like me trying to perform like Peking Opera in, in China, and、um, I, I would be, sh- I, yeah, I'd be shaking in my boots because I, <laughs> these people know what Peking Opera is. You know? Yeah, you、so. have come to the Grand Masters, <laughs> right? And now let's move on to the next fact. This is according. Oh yeah, and if he didn't get it right, he might get shot. You know, so that's probably another reason why he was scared. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's move on to the next fact. And this is according to his producer. So this singer is mostly famous for rap about hot pot. <laughs> hot pot rap.、Okay. And the, the music video is almost a food documentary. Oh my goodness! Okay. Because this video was shot in an old and shabby tea house in Chongqing, where the elderly customers were just chilling and drinking tea, and while him and his pals had dreadlocks and chains on. And dreadlocks and chains? <laughs> What? That's Because, that's his style? Oh my. Yeah.、Man. Because that's that's what a lot of Chinese rappers are copying from.、Oh, they were、no. they were going after. Come on, they are going after the rappers in the states, right? Oh man,、yeah. not not all rappers rock braids. It's an unfortunate stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> look, it is. But I, I'm I'm wondering if he like did a, if he teamed up with some of these restaurants. Is he like promoting a certain restaurant? And they're like cutting and like endorsing his his music video. I mean, not why, really. Why、it's、would he actually, do it? It's actually if you if you wait until we explain the lyrics, it's quite a smart. Way of dissing people in their local culture. Okay, but yeah, let's circle back a little bit. Just imagine him and his pals with dreadlocks and <laughs> chains in this old, in this old tea house, surrounded by a bunch of old Chinese grandpas, and they were trying to act all gangsters. <laughs> And the grandpas at the background—they were totally lost with what they were doing. Hmm. I wonder how, what kind of appeal that actually had, because I'm just not seeing the、yeah. uh, the gangsterness of this video. And here it comes the song. So this song, as I've told you, it's about hop hot. And this song is so popular and famous that I bet almost every Chinese has heard of it.、Mm, and、okay. when I visit my buddy in Chongqing, he was proudly humming this melody when we were having hop hot. And it sounds like 老子吃火锅，你吃火锅底料。Mm-hmm. Okay, and that, and that means what? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I heard so, of guo, but other than that, I don't know. Oh, good Chinese. Yeah, there was hop hot in these lyrics. Of course, but it's basically saying that as your highness, I'm the one that eats the hop hot, and you can only take the soup. Okay, so it's a condescending kind of. Yeah,、uh, like dissing、verse. people. I make big money. You make the little one. Okay, but you don't need to have big money to eat a hot pot, right? I mean, but I mean, if you compare this in the states, uh huh, in the rap music from the states, so、uh-huh. it's probably I make big money, you make small one. But in the Chongqing local culture, then he was dissing people by saying that I can have the hot pot, but you can only have the soup. Okay, but most people have hot pot in in Chongqing, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. That's the part I don't understand. Because most American MCs, they're talking like, I, I'm I'm rolling in a Rolls Royce while you're driving in a Buick. And that makes right. sense because a Rolls Royce is extremely expensive. You know what I mean? And so most people will never own a Rolls Royce. So that's why it's like, I'm in a hot pot and you're drinking soup. It's like, actually, no. I had hot pot last night <laughs> as a normal person. So that's why it's, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I think the only way for me to make this, to help this make sense is probably just uh, just remember it as a condescending and a dissing sure sure line. that's that's, that's right. battle rapping i mean that's what that's what a lot of mcs do you know to put themselves on a pedestal yeah yeah that's right okay now let's move on to the very last fact and this is according to his producer again and also some comments i read from online so right. this rapper when he was first signed as a rapper he was very mediocre for a very long time all right he couldn't find his flow until one time he was freestyling in the studio and unconsciously rapped in his hometown dialect from Chongqing. Mm. And his producer got so excited and popped his head out from the toilet and said, From the toilet? That's the stuff because he was in the toilet. That's graphic, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of gross, but okay. Yeah, so you can imagine the excitement that his producer got (laughs) when he heard the good flow out from him. Couldn't wait till he was done, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it's just that good. And after this rapper started rapping in his native dialect, in his native language, mm-hmm. his flow became a lot better than in Mandarin. And the lyrics would just come to him. And that's what he is mostly known for, rapping in his hometown dialect. Yeah, yeah. Just being able to freestyle. That's a that's a wonderful skill. I, I, I dabbled with it back in the day, but it's, it's really hard. It's not something that everybody can do. That's right. And I think this rapper's achievements come in two folds. So internationally, as I've said, most Chinese rappers are just following suit after the Americans. Right. And, we, and I've seen people talking online that the level of the skills of these Chinese rappers are largely dependent on how black they sound like. Oh, boy. <laughs> but this rapper, he's created something that's really unique with the Chinese culture and more specifically with the Chongqing local culture. Right. Well, that's kind of cool, man. I like the fact that he's kind of personalizing it because hip hop, you know, started uh, with the black community in the U.S., but people are doing hip hop all over the world. And if you try to, you know, like anything, if you try to just mirror or copy a certain style, right, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't really connect with people. And it's really almost in a way it's it just looks like you're um, it can almost come off as um, mockery. Like earlier, you mentioned how, you know, the dreadlocks and the chains and this kind that's of thing. That's not part of them. From the, right. from the outside it, looking in it almost looks like there's a little bit of mockery there you know what I mean Yeah. but for this guy you're mentioning that he's taking actually hip hop and you know applying it to his life and then the, the language and also the culture then I think that's true Chinese hip hop yeah so I think the, the true spirit of hip hop is like staying real right yeah The some of the American rappers they have been through that hustling life right but if you haven't had that right. that kind of lifestyle Don't act like you are. It's almost like a rich kid rapping about hustling in the hood. Exactly. And that's actually the opposite direction of the hip-hop culture. Right, right. You're not real. You don't want to do that because once that gets out in the streets, your career is over. You could ask Ja Rule. 
back in the day he was rapping real tough and real hard and then 50 cent got on the scene and destroyed his career because he would he <laughs> kind of brought up some of these things like dude you're not a killer you're not a gangster stop acting like it and oh, so just, he was acting tough by yes, faking a lot of stories yes yes being a gangster i liked his music but yeah he was he was rapping kind of tough yeah so internationally this rapper is able to incorporate the western hip-hop culture with the chinese element and also domestically as i've told you he's mostly famous for rapping with with his native dialect mm. some people don't like it <laughs> as if everybody has to speak mandarin but i really respect him for promoting his regional dialect because i think up until him the most famous dialect in china and Sichuan, also right? around the world is is cantonese oh really yeah do you know, you must have heard the word dim sum, right? Of course. Yeah, it's the... That's a dish, right? A food. The mini desserts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the pronunciation from Cantonese for dessert, dim sum. In Mandarin, it's dian xin. Okay. Right. But, every, but after... But after this rapper got famous, now everybody, they would know one line or two from the Chongqing dialect. Uh, so I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, he's putting his uh, his style on the map. So that's kind of cool. He made it hot. I think that's another signature feature of hip hop is making things that are kind of unknown and exploding it into the mainstream. So yeah, exactly. hats, hats off to this, this guy. Right. So and just to remind our listeners out there who still haven't got who this rapper is, Hapod rapping in dialect and has a complicated past mm, right right so right. tj who's this chinese brother do you think <laughs> <laughs> well i don't listen to a lot of chinese uh hip-hop there's a Chinese rapper in the States named uh, MC Jin, but uh, mm, right. he's American. So you mentioned that this guy is, went to the reformatory for being in gangs. And if he was in the States, then he would just be locked up. So I don't think it's this guy. Um, I know that there's a guy named Jay Sean and kind of a mixture. And he's, you know, he's growing on YouTube right now. So he's kind of hot. And then there's also this, um, I think his name was, what is it, Soft Lips or Soft, soft, li- li- soft Lipa. Soft Lipa. <laughs> right. And so he's kind of trying to like fuse the East and West. And um, he has this jazz hip hop, which I kind of like. So are you throwing, are you giving three answers? No, nah, I'm just going to give one and I'm going to run with uh, Soft Lipa. Soft Lipa Danbao. Okay. Let's hear what the judges say. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, it's not soft lipa. <laughs> so this rapper from Chongqing, his name is Guy. Guy? As simple as that's that. G-A-I Guy. Yeah. It's not G-U-I. Yeah. That's a little bit confusing. Yeah, that's pretty random. Actually, there's a there's a really famous uh, R&B group in the 90, early 90s named Guy. And they were really, really popular. So Same spelling? G-A-I. G- G gay or guy? G A I. G A I. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's G-A-Y. the ping, that's the ping in the Chinese Chinese fanatic. I was going to say, yeah, he might word. have some trouble when he went to the states to rap if his <laughs> name was gay. I can totally see that. <laughs> guy is the champion of the first edition of the rap of China, and okay. that's where he got super famous. So he is not the fastest rapper. He is not the most rhyming. Not the most melodic. But he's probably the most famous for incorporating the many ancient Chinese poems and the stories of the Greenwood heroes, rogue warriors, chivalrous martial artists with uh, Western hip-hop culture. It sounds like it's got a little bit of Wu-Tang in it, but that's what's up. That's cool. Right. And the two songs I have for you 
first one, of course, is going to be his most uh, iconic. <laughs> right. The Hapa Soup Base. Oh, man. <laughs> the, doc, the food documentary. Okay, all right. Or in Mandarin, Huo Guo Di Liao. And that will be followed by another really cool rap. It's called Tian Gan Wu Zao, or to translate a bit, Inflammable. Inflammable. That's what's up. Well, before we hear those tracks, Yunchi, we're going to go ahead and call it for this episode. And for those of you listening in, thank you so much for joining us. And be sure to stay with us for another episode in the following weeks. I'm TJ Reed. And this is your potential pal, Yunchi. <laughs> Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>
Striker my hope， 走龙九天，且来得多逗，好货不便宜，我维持在高处，不需要言语，翱翔在天际，不看人间炼狱，路上有事都要伴我绿球，带你走远也往有话要说。莫大定七星刚牢不牢规，各位管好你自己的嘴，有人在接受之道，没了你显得有貌。Real chicken 有求必报，不是不报时候没到。那些卑鄙的卒子不敢靠前，不觉得无耻做个太监。Sing it up or all， 你继续在演，那这样下去真的非常危险。天干不躁，小心火烛。人生漫长，我劝你好生走路。天干不倒，小心火烛。人生漫长，师兄写好生走路。小说路也没读完整，好多字我认不到。外表温暖，内心很冷。